Let's thank the Lord for each other. Okay. It's a new year. And at the new year, we uh, usually find ourselves kind of rehearsing the past year a little bit, thinking about, uh, I know, thinking things that I've, I praise the Lord for, blessings, things that we've seen him do. And we possibly spend a little time reflecting at those things we wish we had done and had not done, and those things we did that we wish we had not done and not done wish we had done. So as a result of that, we, have, uh, we tend to have resolutions. And you know what the definition of a resolution is? It's a firm decision to do something or not do something. A resolution is a firm decision to either do something or not do something. And so a typical resolution would be, well, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to read the Bible, or I'm going to be nicer to my wife. I'm going to take more time off and spend with the family. I'm going to call my mother more often. I'm going to check on my friend who I know is shut in and can't come on Sunday morning. I'm going to do all of those type of things. And then I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. But what is the thing that we notice in all of those things? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. The common denominator is I. I'm not going to do this or I am going to do this. And because we use that word I, that's why our resolutions don't seem to work. Because I, my own ability, my own assets, are not able, are not able to do the resolve we want to do. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 7, he says, every day I find myself not doing the things I want to do and doing the things I don't want to do. <laughs> if I do what I don't want to do and don't do the things I want to do, he says, it proves it's not me, it's sin that dwells in me. He said, who will deliver me from this? With my mind, I, I serve the law of God. With my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Well, the answer is he's going to be delivered through Jesus Christ. He makes it clear in Romans 8. But the point is, is that our resolve to do something or not to do something, those resolves don't work because they are based on our own ability. And Christ says to us, apart from me, you can do nothing. That doesn't mean nothing is done, but it means nothing is done or accomplished. It's pleasing to him or that will have any lasting effect. Paul tells us in, in Colossians, he says, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, as we have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so continue, so continue to walk in him. How did we receive Christ as Lord? Did we say, well, Jesus, I've done this. Jesus, I've done this. I tried. I, I know I didn't make it, but I tried. Is that how we received him? No, we said, you know what? I understand you're a perfectly righteous God and you must punish sin and I am a sinner would you please forgive me my sins based on my acceptance of your savior your sacrifice for me it is a hand of a beggar reaching out to a king I can do nothing I bring nothing to the table for salvation but need 
nothing but need. And then Paul says, in the same manner that you received Christ Jesus as Lord, nothing but need, bringing nothing to the table, he says, continue to walk in him. So as we begin 2018, we need to come to Christ as we came to him for our salvation, bringing nothing to the table but need. And then he says, I, come to me with your need, come to me with your need, and I will live my life through you. As you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. We are beggars coming to a king, asking him to live his life through us. Now this idea of abiding in me, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of voices every day this year asking you and I, me, to abide in them. Our work, our families, sports, politics, multitude of voices saying, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. The problem is that all those voices that call us and urge us to abide in them, none of those things ultimately fulfill. They don't fulfill, but yet they call us and lure us to abide in them. And those things that we develop affections for, those things that we develop affections for that we want to abide in, actually our affections become our afflictions. <laughs> our affections become our afflictions. And those things we want to possess, that we want to abide in and possess and own, basically we become possessed by them. And the fact that we want or choose to abide in anything other than Jesus basically brings us into a very unhappy state of being. And most of the world lives in a very unhappy state of being, including a large number, a great majority of Christians. Because do you know what a disappointment is? Nobody likes a disappointment. Do you want to have a disappointing life? Well, a disappointment is when your heart and my heart has an appointment with something that disappears. And if you want to have a disappointing life, if I want to have a disappointing life, well, just appoint your heart, give your heart, abide in your heart in anything of this world. Because in this world, everything moves and everything breaks but Jesus. Everything. You live long enough, you'll see your wife die. You live long enough, you'll see your husband die. You live long enough, you'll see your children die. You live long enough, you'll see everybody you know die. You live long enough, you'll see yourself die. Everything moves, everything breaks in this world. So if you want to have a disappointing life, then just go tie your heart to anything in this world where it all moves and it all breaks and it all goes away. And if you want to not only have a disappointing life, you want to have a very unhappy life, then let your heart abide in something that moves and breaks. Because you know what happens when you and I are abiding in something that moves or breaks? What happens when we see it start to move? We become fearful. Does anybody like fear? Does anybody like fear? You see it move a little more, we become very fearful. We actually become anxious. And at this point, when we become anxious, you know, our minds start going crazy, our eyes start going blind, our ears start going deaf, and we really get upset. You know, most of the marital problems in the world today are based on fear. Fear that my spouse is going to do something or not going to do something that's going to keep me from this little thing that I'm securing myself in. 
you know, can you imagine having a conversation with Jesus? Jesus, I want to uh, go see Star Wars. Do you think he said, no, I'd rather go see this? Jesus, I'd like to, uh, can we turn the temperature up to uh, 78? Oh, Jesus said, no, I'd rather have it at 72. I have a good friend uh, who uh, one time came up to me after church and said, Rick, my wife, she wants me to pray whether or not we should paint our bedroom blue or yellow. He said, do you think Jesus cares if our bedroom is painted blue or yellow? I thought for a minute. I said, no, I don't think he cares whether you paint it blue or yellow, but he does care that your wife wants to ask him. Brothers and sisters, anything and everything in this world moves and breaks. And if you and I are holding on to anything that's moving or breaking, it's the cause of our fear, our anxiety, our dis-ease. And if you woke up this morning worried about something, anxious about something, you know what? You are securing yourself in something that's moving and breaking. And of course, the first thing to do is try to keep it from moving and breaking. And in keeping it from moving and breaking, oftentimes we move and break other people around us. Jesus came to set us free, to set the captives free. If we find our peace and our security, our solace in him and him alone, when things move and break around us, you know what? We can respond out of power and of love and of a sound mind. So as we start 2018, we think about potential. Well, what is my potential for 2018? Well, when Christ talks about potential, when God talks about potential, it's not about what you're going to do or what you might not do. God looks at you and he points to Jesus. He says, that's your potential. That, brothers and sisters, is your potential to be just like my son, Jesus. The scriptures tell us that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam, who is Christ, a life-giving spirit. The first Adam is of the earth, earthly. The second Adam, is Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. And he goes on to say in Corinthians 3 that as we have resembled the first Adam, we shall also resemble the second Adam. So let's look at Jesus very briefly. How did Jesus do life? Well, he was God and he was man. And you know what the first heresy of the church was? That Christ came to earth as deity and not as man. And you know what? As deity, he probably could have died for the sins of the world. But as deity, he couldn't have been an example to you and I. He had to also become a man. So he became a man... Even though he was deity, he became a man. His every temptation was to live out of the resourcefulness of his deity. And he never did. He always said no to his deity and never lived as anything more than a man. He was the creator of the universe, yet the most uncreative man who ever walked the face of the earth. All day long he took dictation. He says, what my father tells me to say, I say what he tells me to do, I do. He says, the works I do are not mine. The fathers who dwells in me, the miracles didn't come from the deity of Christ. The miracles came from the deity of the Father flowing through the Son as the Son was abiding in the Father. And in 2018, Christ is asking each of us to abide in him without reservation just as he abided in his Father without reservation. You say, oh, Rick, that's scary. 
Trust in Jesus. <laughs> Listen, brothers and sisters. The angels have this conversation among themselves. And the conversation goes something like this. What is this about great men of faith who trust God? Why do men talk about great men of faith who trust God? We don't understand. God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He doesn't move. He doesn't break. He can always be dependent upon. Why would it take any faith to trust God? This is what the angels ask. Now, they think that elevators and airplanes are extremely crazy. But to trust God, they, that, that, they can't even understand that conversation, why it would take any faith at all to trust God. Brothers and sisters, the most conservative thing you and I can do in 2018 is to, without reservation, trust Jesus. Let him have it all. It, your finances, your health, your relationships, 100% trust him. Because it will bring you and it will bring me 100% success 100% of the time. But if you and I choose to not trust him, not abide in him, but to put our trust in ourselves, in our family, our friends, in our work, in our politics, in our leaders, anything that's other than him, I guarantee you, 100% failure, 100% of the time over the long run. Maybe not today, but over the long run, 100% failure, 100% of the time. So what does it look like to trust him without reservation? Okay, we're told that the father loved the son. He says, Jesus says in, in John 15, is the father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. And how did the father love the son? It wasn't agape love. It wasn't unconditional love. The son never gave the father any reason not to love him. He loved him without reservation. He reserved nothing back for his love of the son. And he's got, then he tells us that God loved us so much as he loved the son. He didn't hold anything back from you and I. He sacrificed. He offered his own son without reservation that you and I could be brothers and sisters, children, of the Most High. And Jesus, without reservation, without reservation, that means holding nothing back, on Calvary throws himself into hell without grace, and then he asks you and I in 2018, will you, in this, with the same lack of reservation that I threw myself into hell without grace, will you throw my, yourself into my arms that are nothing but love and grace? Will you throw yourself into my arms that are nothing but love and grace. I will protect you. I will live my life through you. That's all he asked. So if there is any resolution for 2018, it should be that Father, because we can't do this ourselves, Father, would you give me the grace? Would you give me the grace to cast myself into your arms and trust you without reservation? Would you give me the grace to do that? That you might love my wife through me, that you might love my children through me, that you might do my work through me, that you might shepherd my employees through me, that you might exalt my boss through me, that you would just live your life through me? Would you do that? That is our potential. 
Your potential is the same potential that we see in the life of Christ. The life of the Father, the deity of the Father flowing through the Son just as the life of the vine flows through the branch. It's inseparable. It's one part. If you abide and I abide in anything other than Christ, we become anxious, we become fearful. That little vine just, it just restricts and the life of the Father doesn't flow through us. But as we trust him, as we thrust ourselves into his arms without reservation, then that branch just dilates and the life of the Father flows through you and throws through me. And brothers and sisters, we can spend a lot of time cursing the darkness. And this world is full of darkness. But the greatest curse of the darkness is light. And as you and I abide in Christ, the light and the light of Christ flows through us into this very dark world. And all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the tiniest ray of light. And he calls each of us in 2018 to be those bearers of his life and his light into a dark and fallen world. If you join me in prayer as we close. Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you for recreating us in Christ. Thank you for giving us the same platform that you gave your son, a fallen world. Father, thank you for giving us the same spirit you gave your son, your spirit. Thank you you have given us the same opportunity. Father, if you would just give us the grace in 2018 to follow Jesus as a disciple, to withhold nothing, to reserve nothing, to dictate nothing to you, to have no expectations outside of you, to have no desire outside of you, but without reservation, to trust you, to thrust all that we know of ourselves into your very capable and loving hands. Would you give us the grace to do that? That you might love yourself through us, because we can't do that. That you might trust yourself through us, because we can't do that. That you might think your thoughts through us, that you might desire your will through us, that you might speak your words through us, that you might love our spouses through us, raise our children through us do our work through us, that you would just live your life through us. Would you do that, Father? Would you give us the grace to let you live your life through us in 2018, that you would bring light and life to a broken and fallen world? We make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.